Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 151 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Melissa Denny. Melissa lives in Brighton, Colorado, where she is a literacy teacher at a K-8 school. Welcome, Melissa. Hello. So glad to have you here today and always love talking to another teacher. Absolutely. Well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Okay, so I'm going to kind of start at the beginning. Since childhood, I was always a little overweight and it didn't really bother me in my childhood. I just kind of accepted it. A lot of my family's also overweight. Um, My mom was always overweight growing up and it was just kind of accepted and no big deal. And then when I got into high school, I started to be more influenced by my friends and they would talk about dieting and, you know, we need to go to the gym and work out. And so that's definitely the first time I dieted was probably my sophomore year of high school. I started working out religiously doing tons of cardio and things like that. And so that kind of continued through my my whole life. I kind of had a set point where I could easily maintain my weight around like 200. And so I'm 5'8", so um, that's definitely right into the obese range. But I would, you know, work out consistently, and I think that would help me maintain. Um, I never really lost much weight. And then in college, I definitely enjoyed the college lifestyle and then started to slowly put on weight. And each year of college, I probably gained, you know, 10, 15 pounds. And so 
also my diet just went downhill in college. Lots of fast food and eating out and <laughs> going out. We, we had a place that I went to Wake Forest. We had something called the snack pit. <laughs> we would we'd be like, who wants to go to the snack pit? It'd be like 10 at night or something. Oh, yeah. It's probably like, what, four meals a day because you have the late night sandwiches and the pizza and all of that. So that definitely played a role in just kind of continuing to gain. And then I graduated college and just started to look at pictures of myself and say, wow, I've really, really put on a lot of weight. And so at that point, I had moved home to student teach and my mom was going to start Weight Watchers. And so I started that with her. So I had gotten up to 280 pounds. And so me and her um, went to Weight Watchers every week. We Every night we had salad and chicken on it and just kind of stuck to our points. And I was able to be pretty successful with that and get back down to 200 pounds. So over a year, I lost 80 pounds. And then I was able to kind of stay there um, through my early teaching career. And then in 2011, I started a plant-based diet because my husband has super high cholesterol. And he is not overweight. He's very in shape. He's a runner, but his cholesterol is sky high. And he didn't want to go on medication at 28 years old. So he, his sister has actually struggled with it as well. And so she had done some research and found out that a plant-based diet could help with cholesterol without medication. So, so it sounds like it's a hereditary family issue that they've absolutely, got. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because his mom has started medication pretty early in life. And so he talked to me about it and I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. There's no way. But then we just kind of started to try it, tried some of the recipes. And then we both just really fell in love with it. Um, we both just enjoyed eating that way. We felt better, felt less inflamed. And the more research we did, we just kind of found out some things that, you know, that it helps with longevity and things like that. And so we just kind of embraced it. And so at that point, I think I lost about 20 more pounds and was probably down to about 180. And so I was pretty happy there. And I felt you know, good. And then we got married. And then a couple years later, I got pregnant with my daughter in 2015. And so I knew that both my sister and my mom had gained a lot of weight when they were pregnant. And I was like, it's not going to meet me. I'm going to work out. I continued to run. I went to the gym. I tried to eat healthy. I ended up gaining exactly the same amount as they did, which was 65 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Even when you tried so hard, that's so frustrating. I think our bodies just sometimes do what they do. Yeah, it was really a struggle. So I just, um, you know, had her and then I was like, okay, I'm just going to get right back to it. And so at that point, I tried some calorie counting and gave up sugar and that that worked. My goal was to be back under 200 by her first birthday. And I met that goal. So I was like, okay, I can do this. This is, this is good. And so I felt pretty successful. And then I got pregnant with my son in 2018. And I also gained 65 pounds again. Oh, God. Um, even that, already, your body just is going to gain 65 I know. pounds. I, it was so weird. I could not believe, like, to the point, like, exact amount. So after that, I, when I was, was pregnant with him was the first time I heard about intermittent fasting. I had some friends having success with it, but I kind of put it in the back of my head because I knew there was no way I could do it while I was pregnant. I planned on breastfeeding. I had breastfed my daughter over a year. So I just kind of was like, okay, well, maybe I'll try that someday. But right now, that's not a possibility. So and just, you know, to, put, to throw that out there, I just want to say for anybody who, um, you know, is wondering, it's definitely not recommended. If you search for an old episode that I did with Dr. Cecily Ganhart, like if you go to Google and you type Cecily Ganhart intermittent fasting stories, her episode will pop up. She's an ABGYN who loves fasting and uses it with patients, you know, if they have poly- or PCOS, um, polycystic ovary disease. I can't remember if it's ovary or ovarian. I think I always say it wrong every time. But polycystic ovarian disease, um, fasting is a great therapeutic way to improve. So she has a lot of patients who get pregnant thanks to fasting. But then she has them stop fasting during the pregnancy and also throughout breastfeeding. You know, there are multiple reasons why. But just in a nutshell, you're growing a baby. Now's the time to focus on nutrition and not fasting. So there's that disclaimer. Listen to that episode. And now back to you. 
Okay. And so I just tried my same old. I was going to eat 1600 calories a day, continue to work out and it in my same goal, I'll be under 200 by his first birthday. So that did not happen. I just struggled. I just was constantly talking with friends who'd been successful with weight loss and was trying to trying to tweak um, anything I could. And so I thought, okay, maybe I need to do less calories. Maybe I need to work out more. Maybe I need to, you know, be more low carb. And so I just tried all these different things and it didn't work. So the lowest I got down was to 204, but then my weight started to go back up. And Mm -hmm. I just... This is such a common story that a lot of us have been down with the whole, you know, I mean, less than 1,600 calories a day is not very many calories to be, you know, eating, especially if you're eating a traditional pattern with breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. Like, that's not very much food. You're you're hungry all the time, and you keep trying to eat less and move more until you get to the point where you just really cannot eat less or move more. And your weight was not going down, although mathematically you were doing what you did before and your body was not responding the same way. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Yeah, and that's exactly where I was. I was just frustrated. So I got to his first birthday in April, and then I just kind of... this was 2019? Yes, 2019, yep. So I just kind of gave up. I just said, I'm sick of this. I told my husband, I'm just always going to be overweight, accept it. Like, we've just... I can't keep doing this. It's, It's frustrating. It's emotional. I would just go through all sorts of days where I would just get on the scale and just be like, why? I can be so successful in every other area of my life, but this area has been a struggle with for me since I was a little kid. Like it's never, I've never been a normal size. Like that just was not my story. I was never thin. I just always, it's been a struggle. And so it I gets can relate old. to that. And the feeling of I'm just going to give up. You know, I would go through periods of that really from 2012 to 2014. I was more in the give up phase that would still like try here and there. But I just was like, and, and there was a day I remember the day I had saved all the clothes that I wore when I was at a, a great size. Of course, I was taking diet pills. So that was not a good thing, you know, about, but I felt good about myself and my body during that time. So I saved all those clothes. And at one point in 2014, I was like, I am never going to fit into these clothes again. Why am I saving these little bitty clothes? I kept like one pair of jeans and one dress or something and got rid of the rest of it. Well, in 2014, that's when I I 
got back into intermittent fasting, went on to lose all the weight. And I was like, why did I throw all those clothes away? (laughs) But I was just like, I'm not even, they're taunting me. That's how I felt. Yeah. And so I just kind of, you know, went about with my life and it was the summer. And so we had some travel plans and we had this big road trip um, through Montana and we had a great time. And, but then when I got back and looked at the pictures, I was just like, oh my goodness. Like I had gotten back up to 230 pounds and I just did not like the way I looked in pictures. I looked bloated. I looked uncomfortable. I didn't look like myself. And I, and I felt lost because I didn't know what to do because the calorie counting didn't work. I didn't want to go back to Weight Watchers. I didn't have anything left in my tool belt that I thought, okay, this is, I had just lost hope really. And so I, I have a, a couple of friends, a lot of people on Facebook, I'm in several, was in several groups um, that were talking about weight loss and different things. And I had had a friend that had had a lot of success. And so I posted something in there and that's when a friend had said, oh, well, how, what about intermittent fasting? Have you tried that? And I was like, oh, ding, ding, ding. I'm not breastfeeding anymore. Now I can finally like go back to that. Like it just, she brought it back into my mind. And then she actually suggested delay, don't deny, and then added me to the main group. And so I was going on a vacation with some girlfriends in a couple days. And so I joined the group and I just was scrolling on my phone, just seeing the transformation pictures, learning the lingo, just absorbing all the information that's in there and just going like, wow, this could really work. I'm really excited about this. And I thought, okay, I'll start when I get back from vacation. And so I got back on August 6, 2019. So that was my first day fasting and I did 16-8 and I just started from there and I had pretty good success the first month after, you know, not losing and gaining all that weight back. I lost 10 pounds my first week and then 13 pounds my first month. So yeah, it was mostly inflammation and water weight, I'm sure from the vacation, but it felt good. Like it felt like- I'm sure it did oh, I can do this. Like I'm seeing movement on the scale and it's not up. So, and you know, I want to throw something out there. Losing 10 pounds, even if it's 10 pounds of water weight, I want someone to pick up a water jug or pick up 10 pounds of anything and feel it. If you're retaining 10 pounds of fluid in your body and you lose that, that is a lot. I mean, you would feel so much better. So I, we should rejoice in that, even if it's water weight. It's like, that's weight you're not carrying around. Well, and I really got into the Facebook groups pretty much right away. And so I was able to post pictures, maybe a three-week difference. And people were just like, wow, like, I cannot believe like so much inflammation in your face. And just like right away and and having that success, like just from the start was like, it was just awesome. I just felt, I felt like a sense of hope again, that I felt like I had just, I had just given up. And so feeling that hope was just amazing. I'm so glad. Yeah. And so then I just kind of kept going. I, you know, extended my window to more of an 18.6. I did that for a while. I tried some longer fasts, like a 36 or 40 hour fast here and there. You know, I had several friends that were doing it. And so I just, would talk with them, we would, you know, try different things, do the long fast together. And that would be really fun to kind of check in as we went. And it just kind of became my lifestyle right away. And I continued to lose weight, not really in a linear fashion. Um, That first month was my biggest month, obviously. But after that, it would kind of start and stop. So that was kind of a struggle at times, because I would lose like, eight pounds, and then I would kind of not lose anything for six weeks. And then I would, you know, lose five pounds and then it would kind of stay the same or I'd go back up. And so it was really an up and down, but overall it was trending down for sure. See, you're a whoosher. See, not everybody is. And for anybody who's listening and they're like, what is a whoosher? (laughs) You know, in our communities, sometimes people will talk about like like what Melissa you're talking about here you whoosh like she would lose nothing 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 and then bam down five pounds and so obviously you were losing little bits of fat all along but it was you know not being reflected on the scale and then your body releases a lot of water all at once and then there's your whoosh and so some people are like well how do I get a whoosh (laughs) we're like well you know you either get them or you don't you can't It's not something we can make happen. And people also debate about what's really happening 
in the body. Because there's some graphic that's going around that it says that your fat cells fill with water and then it replaces the fat and then the water whooshes out. But I've seen scientists say, no, that is not what's happening. Your fat cells don't fill with water. But other people are like, yes, that is what's happening. So rather than debate it, we just know that our bodies are doing something with water retention. Yeah. And so then I kind of set the goal to try to have lost 50 pounds by my one year. And so I got super close. I didn't quite get there. I think I was at 47 pounds lost. And so, yeah, it felt really good. I, with the whole pandemic situation when I hadn't been at work. And so when I came back to work in August, people were like, who, like people didn't recognize me. Yeah. People were like, is that you? I saw you walking down the hall and I didn't think it was you. And people just continually like, wow, you look like you lost a whole person. Like you just look great. And so I, that was really just motivating and awesome. And just, you know, people noticed a change for sure. And then I've just kind of continued to go on. I definitely had a stall. I had a plateau. So I had my lowest weight I remember before if was 182. That was your earliest weight that you remember being yep. in your, as an adult. Yep. That was like the okay. lowest. I had gotten down to that between my daughter and son. That was where I had gotten in. So I thought, okay, if I can get below that, that's like, you know, my big goal. Like I want to be the smallest I've ever been. And so I hit that sometime in the summer and then, and then it was, okay, I want to be 180. And so I got to 180.0, and I believe that was in July of 2020. So that was in July. And so I was like, okay. So then I was like, oh, I want to be in the 170s. And so tomorrow, it'll be there yeah, tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. So then I went on a seven month, just I never got back below that for seven months, and I bounced around in the same like five to eight pounds. Right. That's so funny. I swear it's almost like our scales can mess with us because but same thing with me. You know, for whatever reason, when I got to my initial goal of 135, then I decided, you know, I wasn't where I wanted to be. And then I was like, you know, I really remember being 125 and feeling really good at 125, you know, back whenever it was high school. But I want to be 125. And getting the scale to have a two in the tens place, like it would be like 130.0, 130.1. And I did this crazy long fast. This, I mean, it was like 82 hours. This is before, you know, I understood that's probably not a good idea for weight loss. After that, I was able to get down to 129 point whatever. And, but then it popped back up. <laughs> but it's almost like our scales are messing with this. I totally felt that it's way. like the scale knows. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I was okay with it. I was still going down sizes. I definitely, and I noticed body recomposition. I've always taken the advice of measurements and pictures. And so that's always been something I've done. And I just, and kind of about this time, I kind of stumbled into a group. So I, it was on one of those suggestions on Facebook, like, you may like to join this group. And I was like, okay, I'll just join it. And so it was called Delay Don't Deny Support for Clean Fasting. And around that time, it had about 200 members. And it was one of the offshoot groups that was created just to kind of make smaller communities. And so I just joined it and I really liked the vibe. And so I just said, oh, I'll stick around here and post every once in a while. So I just started posting in there and Michelle, the moderator, she was just, she was great. And she kept the, she just, it was such a positive place. And so I just like the smaller atmosphere because then you can kind of get to know people and, you know, your posts don't get lost as much and stuff like that. And so then she kind of noticed that I had had some success. And so she messaged me and was like, Hey, do you want to be a moderator? And I was like, okay, yeah, I like this group. Why not? And so then that group has exploded. We are at over 4,000 members now. Oh, wow. Such a great feeling. Yeah. So she asked me to be an admin as well. And so we have added a couple moderators too. And like, it's just a really good group. We, She is 
very firm about the clean fast and I appreciate that and I am as well but like that's in the name like that's the title and so we definitely made it so our members understand that and if they're giving any advice contrary um, you know they're not going to be welcome in the group we just really feel like that's the key because both of us had great success and we both just know that clean fasting is the way to go and so we are really strict about that in our group and we're also just want it to be you know a positive place where people can come in and so we've had a lot of people get confused and think our group I think is the main group so we have a lot of newbies <laughs> but it's fine and we just um you know kind of you're giving them, them good through. support yep we are yeah. we are we coach them through and we help them and then at the new year we had you know a ton of people join and so yeah we've got we've got a great group there and then I'm, are you in the admin admin tools group i am yeah so have you seen my recent announcements in there yes yes okay <laughs> it hasn't been made public yet by the time this episode comes out though it will be okay because it's we're almost ready to launch we're um you know the whole idea of finding community where you don't get lost as we've gotten so big, you know, the regular Delay Don't Deny group is over 300,000 members now, you know, and it's hard to connect like we used to when it was smaller. So we're actually starting a, a social network that should be launched at dddsocialnetwork.com. And Melissa, I want you to go poke around after we get off the call. Don't join okay. yet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we're not ready for you to join. Yeah. Uh, people who are listening, though, we are ready for you to join. <laughs> but we're recording this in March when we're still, we're about ready to go live with the network. But we have right now like 90 groups that we've built on on the platform. I don't know how many we'll have by the time we launch in June, but it's a membership-based site where you can come in and connect with just the Delayed on Deny community. It's a whole lot reminiscent of Facebook as far as like, as soon as you get in there, you know what to do. It's very intuitive. But we have so many groups and you'll be able to find your small niche within there. And we can even have private groups if people, you know, like if you want to get in there with your friends and start a private group that's just for y'all, we can, you know, we can have those kind of things, you know, going on. So anyway, I'm really excited about it. So go poke around. I will. That sounds super exciting. I can't wait. Well, it is exciting because we are a community. And as it started to get so big, you know, it's thrilling to see Mm -hmm. it get so big, but it also is a little sad And the main problem, I think, is the Facebook platform and the way the algorithm works and the way you don't see everything you want to see. Like, I'll be talking to one of the other admins or moderators, and she'll say, oh, did you see that post? It was so amazing. And I'm like, I didn't see that post. Facebook didn't show that to me. So um, we're hoping that we're able to, you know, it'll be our own platform. We're going to have a mobile app. And again, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be old hat. and (laughs) Everybody might already know about it. But um. We're really excited. I think that'll be great. I definitely will be checking that out. And then another group that I'm in that has been really instrumental is I've been a runner since 2008. And so there's a run fasted group for intermittent fasters. And it is awesome. It was started by a lady named Jen who also lives in Denver. And she just, she started it because she couldn't find good information out there. If you Google running and intermittent fasting, it's like, don't do it. It's basically what everything that comes up that's articles in like runner's world or something like that. And so she's taken the time to educate herself and get surrounded by people who have had success with more of like anecdotal stories. And we've just kind of built this little community. So if you're a runner, go ahead and join that because I think it's a great place to kind of meld the two together. Right. We also have a group for that in the um, the DDD social network. So awesome. runners, join <laughs> us there as well. And I mean, really, we have groups for everything. And if we haven't thought of them, we're going to be adding them as people ask for them because we want to have, you know, I know that sometimes it can be frustrating when you're in other communities that might not be aligned with the clean fast or, um, you know, if you get a lot of confusing information. So we, everybody all together, hopefully we can guide each other and you you can explore different things. You know, once you're in the DDD social network community, you can just go from group to group. You just join it. You don't have to like answer questions. We're not going to kick you out of it. (laughs) It's just a free community, but good. So you're a runner. How, How much do you run? I'm a pretty big runner. I've done three marathons and I have, I have two more this year because they both got postponed. (laughs) So I will be running one in July and one in October. So 
So wait, while I've got you here, would you like to be one of the, like, I'm doing a little business here. We're gathering up moderators for the DDD Social Network community. Would you like to be one of the facilitator moderators for the running group? Absolutely. I would love okay, that. Okay. Can I use this email address that I have right here? Okay. So I'm going to make myself a note, out listeners. <laughs> if you're going to join the DDD Social Network, you'll be able to connect with Melissa in the running group. I'm going to... After this, okay. I will send it to you. Awesome. Absolutely. All right. Back to your story okay. of the running. Yeah, it's definitely something I'm really passionate about. And so this is one of the biggest unexpected non-scale victories. I am 38 years old, and I am basically at the height of my running career. It has just transformed my running, my energy levels, my motivation. I don't know what it is, but I used to dread going on runs sometimes. I used to always hate getting up in the morning and getting it done. And now it's like a joy. Like I just, I don't know what it is about fasting and running, but they just go well together. And um, my times I last summer, well, with the with the pandemic, I haven't been able to do as much racing as I would like, but I've kind of went out and did my own 5k. And I was able to shave like three minutes off my PR. And this is running in the fasted state. Yes, I do all of my runs in the fasted state. And I haven't done a marathon fasted, but I have done a half marathon fasted. So it's amazing. I just, it's just really taking it to the next level. And I really don't run for weight loss. I run because for sanity, I have two young kids and it just, and I just love being outside. I love seeing different things. I've done races on vacation and stuff like that. And then my husband's also a runner. So we just, it's just part of our lifestyle. And it's just something that I want to keep doing for a long time. And so it's just been really positive, all the the things that IF has allowed me to do with my running. And I just look forward to more PRs and continuing to go longer and faster and everything like that. So you've always been a runner all along, even as you were struggling with your weight? I have. I Yeah, I was one of those um, big girls out there still finishing a, a race. And I... I had people come up to me at work and say, oh, you've lost all this weight because you're running. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I've, been <not> running, <laughs> I've been running this whole time. Um, like I said, I think it helped me maintain right before. But yeah, I ever since I lost that 280 pounds back in 2005, I've run since then. And that was kind of or since you lost from 280 pounds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I did not. <laughs> yes. You lost Sorry. 280 80, pounds. 80 yeah. pounds. You, you lost 80 pounds. Yeah. Okay. So you've been running ever since. Yeah. And um, yeah, I kind of wanted to go back to after that seven month plateau. Right. You were you're bouncing right around just above that magical seven number that yep, you wanted to see. I was to kind of, yep. I was between 180 and 185 for that whole time. And I would go up and down, but I would never get below. And so I thought about it and I thought, well, I haven't tried ADF. I've, you know, done some mealless Mondays, but I've never done more than that. And I heard so many people said, okay, this is a way to break a plateau. And so I had to think about it. I'm a planner. I write everything out in my journal. I do my if schedule month by month. And so I set goals for the month. I decide what I'm going to do. And I like to have it on a calendar. And I'm, I'm very much... Um, if I write it down, I'm going to do it. I'm very goal oriented. And so I was like, I will start ADF on January 1st. And so that was like, okay. And so I kind of just like mentally got myself ready. Um, I joined a group that was just for ADF and tried to learn as much as I could. And so I committed to doing 21 days of straight ADF for the first 21 days of the year. And so that went really well scale wise and just it was easier than I thought it was going to be. I was just kind of worried about so many down days and then just kind of getting used to something new that I had never done before. And so I just weighed myself every day and kind of looked at it as data just to kind of see how how my body reacted. And so I ended up breaking my plateau finally and getting into the 170s and then I continued it to a four three for February, um, and I continued to to lose a little little bit more, and so my new low weight has been one seventy three. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, thank That's you. The lowest weight you've been in your adult life. Yep, it, it really is. And so now I'm 
struggling with my goal has always been 164 because back when I went to Weight Watchers, that was the high end of the normal scale for 5'8". And so I that was, it. you had to tell them a goal. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to tell them the high end. So that way I can, you know, I'm closer to it and I can be closer. And so I kind of have that 164 number, like just ingrained in my head. But now I'm starting to get to the point where maybe it doesn't matter anymore. I don't want to become obsessed with the scale. And I've kind of toyed with the idea of not weighing anymore or not weighing for a while. So the body recomposition has been crazy. I So I, when I started out, I was wearing a size 16, and that was probably a tight 16. And now, obviously, sizes are all over the place, but I have every jeans in um, 10s, 8s, and I actually have one pair of 6s that fit me, But which I can't believe that. I weigh 173 pounds and can fit in a six. But I mean, I just, you know, depending on where they're from and vanity sizing and all of that. But I would say that I'm, you know, a solid 10. And so that's just crazy to me that um, I've dropped that many sizes and that I can just walk into a store and I don't have to, you know, go to the very back of the rack and see if they have the biggest size that I'm like right in the middle. It just feels surreal really it is such a good feeling the size 10 when i got to size 10 along the way i way overspent with clothes because i had been you know in that 14 16 really needed an 18 you know and creeping up so when i got to 10 the clothes just felt so good i just went crazy <laughs> bought yeah, too many i definitely i keep buying more and more uh running clothes and i'm like there's just no way i can wear this many leggings but they're a smaller size than the other ones and, and it feels good it does it does it's exciting and like it's just um yeah it's almost hard to kind of like mentally see yourself as that size like I just my whole life you know kind of when you're obese and you walk into a room you're kind of like sizing everyone up and being like am I the biggest one in here and like not having to do that anymore and kind of feeling like I can just be myself and I don't have to, you know, constantly be comparing myself and wondering if I look fat or if my roles are hanging out or whatever it is. I just feel comfortable in my body for the first time. That is really powerful because I, th I think, you know, so many of us that have felt that way understand what you mean. And the people who have never, that, like my husband, never struggled with his weight, it just seems so foreign to be always thinking about your body. And it's not it's not a healthy way to go through life. And I, I would go every time I walked into a room with new people, I'd be like, are they looking at my body? Are they thinking that I'm, you know, now I don't think about that anymore, like you said, and it's freedom. It really is. It takes up a lot of your headspace. And it's just, you know, a not a healthy way to live. And so I just, yeah, have really embraced just feeling comfortable and kind of being myself. And then I feel like confidence is starting to come out that I just never knew I had. I kind of comparison and thinking about being on this podcast, I was just kind of thinking about my journey and that vacation, um, those vacations I took in 2019 Last weekend, uh, me and my husband had the opportunity to take a trip without our kids, and we went to Vegas for a couple days. My sister-in-law, shout out to her, she came to our house and watched our kids, um, and they had a blast. So, But that was our first trip alone, and it was awesome. Like We just had such a good time. I Everything I put on, I felt great in. I just... It was so different. And like now looking back at the pictures, like I go, wow, I look pretty good. Like I, you feel good in that body and, and that's you. You feel like yourself. And that's really the thing. I did not feel like myself when I was in the obese range and looking at those pictures. I felt like God, someone had inflated me with like an inflatable, you know, puffed up my body and it didn't feel like me. And now I feel like me. I can absolutely relate to that. I had the same exact feeling and I just, 
yeah, it almost looked like, yeah, like I would look at those pictures and be like, oh, that can't really be how I look. Like It's like you're trapped in there and, and you're like, I just, I, I got to get out of this, but you don't know how and you're trying so hard. And that was the whole, like those years that I quit, same thing. You know, I was trying so hard and I did the crazy things. You know, I didn't just count some calories. I was like, I'm going to do injections that are HCG pregnancy hormone. I'm going to take diet, you know. I was desperate and thought those things would would give me the results I looked for, was looking for, and nope. Yeah. Well, and then can we talk about just how easy this is? I mean, I all those things, the the counting calories, and then continuing to go down. And like you said, you're hungry all the time. You're worrying about food. You're obsessing. You're packing little meals. You're you know everything that goes in your mouth. You have to write down. That is stressful, but. This lifestyle is, I definitely eat healthier than I used to, but I would, I'm not a clean eater. I, I enjoy food. Um, and I, I do try to eat what I'm craving. Um, I eat a lot of vegetables since I'm primarily plant-based, but I, I was wondering if you still were, cause I was going to ask I you. Am. Okay. I've never gone back to meat. I'm just not like completely vegan anymore. But I definitely you're veg kind of vegetarian. Like, do you do like dairy or egg? occasionally? Occasionally. So I'm yeah. I'm probably about ninety percent vegan with some of the you know. So I'll, I'll have a donut here and there that probably has some milk in it or maybe eggs. But for the most part, I cook mostly vegan meals at home. My my cooking has just evolved over the years and now is something I really enjoy to do and I wish I had more time for but it's I love making a really great healthy meal filled with vegetables and I see a lot of the meals you make and I'm like oh that sounds good but like I definitely just like to you know make a meal with some really complex flavors and you know it's become a thing that before where I would just be like oh I'll just grab some fast food or something and that's just not as appealing to me anymore. Do you like beets? I've kind of just gotten into beets. I just, I'm asking because I just ate beets for like three days in a row because <laughs> I'm, I roasted some beets. And anybody who thinks they don't like beets, get a real beet. Now, Sherry Bullock, do you know who Sherry, you know, Sherry, Sherry's here at my house because she came for the week to work on setting up this website. We've been working like 1030 at night. I'm like writing the terms and conditions. I mean, you know, we're working hard, but I got, I had these beets and I put on gloves because they stain everything. So I'm like cutting up the beets and I peeled them and roasted them and they're just so good. So I just wanted to figure out. Yeah, no, I did try a roasted um, root vegetable meal a couple of weeks ago and it was amazing. It had, um, yeah, it had parsnips and beets and sweet potatoes. It was so good. Yeah, try those things, everybody. If you're not, and anybody that's listening, try those vegetables you're not used to because when you roast them, you know, if you've ever had beets out of a can or something like that, you don't know beets. But roast them, they get that sweet flavor. That's what Sherry said. She'd never had roasted beets. That's where I was going with the story. And she's like, I wasn't expecting them to be so sweet. They were so good. I'll put a shout out for Brussels sprouts. That's something I never would touch. And now I can't get enough of them. That's something I actually crave a lot. And then um, in the air fryer, oh my goodness, they're so good. <laughs> That's like oh, one yeah. of my favorite things. I could eat Brussels sprouts all the time. And my husband, bless his heart, he like remembers I didn't used to like them. So when I was going through, you know, the Zoe app and, and trying to eat for my gut microbiome, and I was like, okay, I'm, I would, I'm really craving some Brussels sprouts. And he came back with this tiny little bag. And I'm like, what, what? He's like, you don't even like Brussels sprouts. I'm like, okay, 10 years ago, five years ago, I did not, but you're going to need to go get some more because <laughs> now I do. And I just toss them in olive oil and salt and that's it. I don't do the balsamic vinegar. Is that what you do as well? Yeah, I usually just do, um, yep. Olive oil and some um, salt and maybe a little pepper, and they're delicious. Roast them in the oven. You use the air fryer? Uh, yeah, I like both. I like both, but the air fryer is a new toy I got for my birthday, so I've been <laughs> cooking a lot of stuff in there. It's actually really good for tofu, too. We eat a lot of tofu, and it makes amazing tofu. See, I got to try the tofu. I um, For whatever reason, I have like a mental block. Yeah. Why do I? A lot of people do because it just looks kind of gross. But it looks gross. And I imagine I'm not going to like chewing yeah. it. Uh, marinating it is the key. And so if you just press it and then marinate it, I like to do like soy sauce and maybe some sesame oil. And oh, it's so good. You let it soak for about 15 minutes and then air fry it for 15 minutes. And it'll just like even my kids will just kind of eat it like chicken nuggets or something. Okay. 
<laughs> I never order those meals that have tofu. You should give it a try. Okay, I'm going to. I'm back with, I'm using Green Chef, which I love, and also Sun Basket. So I'm using both Green Chef and Sun Basket because, you know, there's seven nights of the week. <laughs> Green Chef sponsors this podcast, but Sun Basket does not. But, you know, I, I love them both, but I'm going to see if I can find some tofu from one of them and try it out. I'm going to be brave. When you chew it, you said it's like eating a chicken nugget. Maybe. Yeah, it definitely, yeah. If you cook it right, it tastes really good. Okay. I'm going to have to work on cooking it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just put it in the air fryer. Yep. Yep. And then you just shake it every five minutes. So it kind of gets evenly browned on all the sides and just cut it into little cubes. Okay. Because see, I probably would have sauteed it. See, I don't know what I'm yeah. doing. Either the oven or air fryer are your best bet for the best Okay. Taste. I'm going to yeah. remember that. Marinate and then air fryer. So um, how much weight have you lost total? 57 pounds. 57 pounds. Okay. That's great. And you just feel great. And your size continues to change. That's the part that's, I would encourage you to do what I did, you know, because I don't know if I got on the scale and looked at a number right this minute, it might still say 130 something. I don't know what it would say. I have no idea. But I'm wearing, I'm, you know, wearing my size zero loft jeans. I'm sh- a lot shorter than you. So I'm, I'm like, t- like short. So, um, but you know, the scale is not important. You just let your body continue to change and see what happens. I, I'm definitely starting to feel more comfortable with going that route. I've gotten that advice from multiple people because I definitely, that's probably my biggest struggle is going back to that diet brain. I still, I still can sometimes get on the scale and let it dictate my day if it doesn't match with what I thought it should be. Exactly. Like if I saw a number right now, if I, you know, I have my shape of scale, it doesn't show me a number, it shows me a color. But if I set it to show me a number, because yeah, I think you can link it to your app, whatever, and it can show you, you know, an apple, the weight, whatever, the health kit. If I got on the scale and I saw 135, for example, I would be like, okay, I have to lose 10 pounds. But I don't need to lose 10 pounds. But I, that number would make me think it. So yeah. And I also, um, when people have like guessed my weight without knowing, they usually guess lower. So I think I have some sort of like just the way I hold weight, it doesn't quite, I kind of look smaller than I am. With, I like, bet you pounds. have a lot of lean mass. Yeah. I want to go get one of those DEXA scan things because I think that would be a good like comparison, like do that every year or six months to kind of see if my fat's going down and stuff. I do have like one of those Renfo scales. And so I kind of look on there to see, but I would like something maybe a little more professional to just kind of track my fat loss and stuff because that's really what's more important to me, I think. And I'm, I, I just held on to that number for so long, but I'm starting to slowly let it go. Yeah. And yeah, I get it. Because I swear, like I just said, if I got on a scale with a number, I would want it to say 125. I would just want it to. But it's meaningless. Well, and I almost I want it. Like you were saying how it like stops. I almost feel too like if I stop caring, I might end up there anyway. Yeah, exactly. Your body's going to do what it does. I think that's really a lesson that your your whole story is teaching you and me and everybody is that your body, first of all, 200 was a set point for you and you would get there and stick. And then 180 was a set point where you got to and your body just went up and down within a range no matter what you did. And the fact that you gained exactly 65 pounds with pregnancy, even though you were trying really hard not to, your body still did that. And so we like to think we have all this control that really our body's just back there doing a bunch of stuff. They're like, no, this is how we're going to be. Yep. So um, how about, you know, health victories? Have you had any major health victories? I definitely, as, you know, my health markers have always been good. I, you know, would always worry that I was going to go and have, you know, something be high, but I haven't really had that happen. I just think energy wise, and I also think my mood has improved. I just feel like I'm a lot more even keeled and just, I don't know. I just feel like less moody for sure. And I just feel really good. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, 
Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. That's really good. So, you know, is there anything that you struggle with? Kind of like I said, the diet mentality, that just creeps up. I... Yeah, I think I kind of covered the things I struggle with, just relying on that scale and focusing on that. I'm really trying to look at measurements and kind of a little victory. I I do my measurements once a month. And so I had finally gotten around to doing my March ones yesterday. And so then I went back and compared them to my original measurements and I was just floored. Like, and they continue to go down and they some of them would stay the same for a long time. Like, and I thought, okay, maybe this one isn't going to change. And so this month, um, kind of maybe after some of the ADF, I think, a couple things went down either an inch or half an inch that had stayed the same forever. My arms went down a little bit um, and my thighs, which were kind of the strugglers. I carried a lot of weight in my abdominal area. And so that was where I could really see it in pictures and stuff. But now it's starting to go out to the extremities. So that's exciting. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you, can you, off the top of your head, you may not know the answer to this. Do you know how much your waist has gone down? Yeah, it was when I first started, my waist was 38.5 inches and my waist yesterday was 31 inches. Wow. Yeah. And so my goal is a 30 inch or lower waist. And so being a, an inch away from that, I feel really good. And I feel like when I get to a, a 30 inch waist that I'm going to feel really like like comfortable with that. Like, you know, I just have, you know, of course, having two babies, there's always that little mommy pouch, but I'm hoping, (laughs) I'm hoping if I've got one right here in my jeans, if it can just shrink like one more inch, I'll feel really, really awesome about that. So, and yeah, I'm going to continue to do all the things that I'm doing. I'm going to keep running and I'm going to keep being active. And I just want to be good examples for our kids. I hope that they don't have to struggle with weight like I have. Right. How old are they now? So I have a five-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son, and they're great. And we just try to be like a really active family. My husband also fasts. He did not need to lose any weight. So he, we do everything together. We've always, you know, we run together. We would do monthly challenges together. We gave up sugar for six months together. We're just, you know, we like to do things and kind of we're competitive for sure. So I started fasting and he wanted nothing to do with it. And I was like, okay. So I just kind of was like doing my thing. And then he's like, oh, my back hurts. And I said, oh, you should try fasting. I heard it helps with inflammation and your back might not hurt as much. And he just said, yeah, think about it. And so then, you know, about two months later, he goes, oh, I started fasting. <laughs> and so he's been doing it since January 2020. He lost about 10 pounds. He's a, a distance runner even more than me. He's training for his first 100K this year. So he's an ultra runner. And he's also going to run across the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim in May. So I'll be... Oh, Lord, are you people with this running? <laughs> I'll be cheering him on. I'll cheer all of you on from way over here where I'm not running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. And so... Um, I love it, though. Yeah. And so it's great that we both do it. He's more of a 16-8 type of guy, but... I didn't want him to lose any more weight. I said, you look great. Don't get like skin and bones on me. So he's super healthy and just really enjoys it. His back has gotten better. Um, He's had chronic um, lower back pain. And so 
fasting definitely helps with that. It's not 100% gone, but it's way better. That's really good to hear. I'm glad to hear that. You know, you've said you've been doing some ADF, some, um, you did that in January and then into February. What's your pattern right now? What are you doing? So kind of toying with the idea of being close to maintenance, I've decided that I want to keep meal list Mondays in there because I just feel good. I like the community. I've started to run a little mealist Monday thing in our group and people have enjoyed it and kind of teaching them and making sure that they're following the right protocols and not, you know, going into that starvation mode and things like that. And so I like supporting people in that way. And then also I kind of just, I stopped mealist Mondays for about six weeks and I just kind of felt like I want needed it back. Like I just like, I like that one longer fast a week. And so right now I'm doing Mealist Monday, then Update on Tuesday, and then I'm doing OMAD on Wednesday and Thursday. And then Friday, I like to eat lunch at work with a friend. And so I usually do an 18-6 on Friday so I can fit that in and do two meals. And then on the weekend, I'm pretty lax because with running, I'll have a long run at least one day. And so those days I give myself a lot of grace. I'm not- you fuel up. Yeah, I'm not going to like go- oh, I'm not going to eat because I'm not, you know, quite at 16. And my body's like, you need some to eat something. So I kind of just play it by ear. And those are the times when, you know, I might, you know, go out to lunch with a friend or, you know, go to on a date night with my husband or something. So I'm a little more lax. And I feel like if that can be my maintenance plan, I will be thrilled. So we'll see. (laughs) I love it. So you're just living life and you, you know, it sounds like you have a really good routine for your week, but not every day is the same. And I think that's really good. Yeah. Keep it, you know, mixed up. Every day is not identical and your body loves it. Um, So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I think my biggest thing is find community. For me, that was key. I started out with you know, a friend um, having me join the groups. And that's where I learned so much. Um, You know, I went on to read all your books and do other research. But I feel like that personal connection and having people rooting you on and rooting for other people too, is just, it's been instrumental for me. Like I couldn't have done it without, you know, these people who have become my friends and my confidants and my advice givers and, I just, and now I enjoy like giving back to the community, you know, with, like I said, a lot of new people joining that group, they're wanting to know, they're wanting, um, you know, someone to say, yeah, that's normal, or that's okay, or, you know, that's, that happened to me too. And so that I really enjoy um, supporting people in that way, and just bringing more people to the lifestyle, because I think everyone should fast, or almost everyone. Oh, yeah. Not, you know, yeah. Take a break yeah. when you're pregnant. Yeah. Take a break yeah. when you're breastfeeding. You know, but, you know, uh, not if you're a child, but once you're grown, it really is a healthy way to live and just, you know, not making a big deal out of it. Just living the life and, and it feels so good. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, I'm 18 months in and I just I just can't see living any other way. I just I can't see going back to three square meals a day. And so. Um, You know, if you're considering it or if you haven't started fasting, just give it a try. You know, I started with I'll do a month. I'll do a month and see how that goes. And then after that month, I said, I'll do a year. (laughs) I'll give it a year. And now that I'm past that year, I just now it's I'll give it a lifetime. (laughs) This is what I do. Yeah. Once you get to that point, you're never going to stop. Well, Melissa, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to talk to you today and be on the lookout because you sound like the perfect person to moderate in the running group on dddsocialnetwork.com. I will be there. I can't wait. And I'm so excited about the whole community. Like I said, by the time this comes out, I hope that a lot of people are there. Um, but it's really expensive to set up a website. So I'm a little scared because I'm you know, writing a very large check per, out of my personal money. But I, so it's a paid community. But the membership is like $4.99 a month is what it, it works out to be if you join. And so that's one latte a month for the community. I think that we can... I hope that people are willing to say, yes, I will pay $4.99 a month <laughs> to be a part of this community. And I hope to see you there. Awesome. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N 
at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery+. Plus. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win two hundred million dollars. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The Goat, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th.